You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. It all starts here. Infinite surfaces turn to it. Uncountable textures depend on it. Unselfish, humble, consistent. Inseparable from our condition. Our first morning companion, our last associate at close of play. Revenant, creator. And what do we ask of it? On, off. Rise, set, a boundless force, far from binary, limited words, talk of limitless potential. These expanses we occupy, these spaces we construct and anoint our homes are built and composed just to contain it. This intangible blueprint that runs through all things. We gather round it, communicate through it. So what stuff is this that warms us to the core? We have bottled the storm and let it rumble, conquered the lightning and cradled its heat in our hands. Awe has turned to control. The infinite possibilities of the world outside exist within our grasp. Your space, your creation, It starts here. Light starts here. Well, good morning. How are y'all doing? I'm sure y'all are watching that video. We'll say, what is this about? Well, it's about light. And uh, that's the the message that we're going to talk about this morning. We're so excited to be able to continue our series on uh, fruitfulness and again, the big idea uh, for today is this, that it takes light to grow in fruitfulness. Light is arguably the most influential force on how we perceive and even how we connect in the world around us. Uh, the power of light, it floods our lives on a daily basis. It's present in so many different forms. Life is one of those things that we can take for granted if you can't. Uh, maybe you remember when we had the snow collapse or whatever they called that, you know, and oh, we lost power for days. We, we learned the value of having power, of having light. But without it, there's no life. There's no color. There's no vision. Life is responsible for all light, life. And for the production, uh, it's for the production of the air that we breathe, the cycles of our ocean, the magnetic fields that are surrounding us, uh, the planet's gravity, its warmth, our weather. Light allows the world around us for us to be able to see the details of color and of movement and of brightness. Fruit and vegetables could not grow if it wasn't for light. It's things are discovered in light. And without light, we could not even create But even a person that doesn't have sight, they can sense the thermal energy and and can create. 
You know, and of course, this time of the year, one of the things that we look forward to so much with the 4th of July, what is it? Well, it's, it's barbecue, of course, and a lot of good food. But, but it's also, what are we looking forward to? It's the fireworks, right? It's the display of light in the backdrop of darkness. And we all, there's billions of dollars, you know, that get spent for us to see that. See, light is the foundation of everyday life. So as we continue in our series on fruitfulness today, we're going to look at a story that tells us of the importance of life. And uh, the big idea, as we said earlier, it takes light in order for us to grow in fruitfulness. Now, we begin to look at light in the Bible. We see that even before the creation of man, uh, God wanted light to be there. Genesis 1 verse 3 says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. You see, in the Bible, light has always been a symbol of holiness, of goodness, of knowledge, of wisdom, of grace, of hope, and of God's revelation. And in contrast, when we look at darkness, it's always been associated with evil, with sin, and with despair. Our separation from God has always been associated with darkness. Man was always in need of illumination. And that's why Jesus came to the earth is so that he could bring light. In John chapter 8, verse 12, the scripture tells us, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me, he will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Matthew 4, 16, the people who were sitting in darkness, they saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land and in the shadow of death upon them, a light dawned. The parable that we're going to read today is found in Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 18. And you can follow along, whether it's with your digital copy of scripture, or if you have your, uh, your Bible that you want to open up, or you can just look at the screen behind me. You can read it from there, which is what a lot of us do. But it's a great story, and Jesus talks about the importance of light, and we as a light unto him. It says, now no one after lighting the lamp covers it up with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that all who come in, they may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor is anything secret that not will become known and come to light. So take care how you listen, for whoever has more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away. Now, there's three questions that I want us to entertain this morning as we look at this about light, about God being light and us being agents of light. The number one first question I want to look at is what hinders our light from shining? It says no one after lighting a lamp covers it over with a container. You see, the goal of the enemy is to keep your light covered. Is to, is to keep it diminished so that it can't display or displace darkness. He doesn't want our light to shine because it can get rid of darkness in the world in which we live. So what covers our lamp? There's two basic things. The number one thing, it's a simple thing we all know, is our sin. 
Uh, that word literally means to miss the mark. And so when we make choices not to live according to the words of Jesus and the holy inspired spirit, uh, inscribed scripture, we are choosing not to walk in the light. So when we lie, when we cheat, when we're angry, uh, when we lust, we are making a choice in what it does. It inhibits our light from being seen. So when we choose to walk in the light, we feel hope. We feel loved. We can walk in confidence. But if we choose to walk in darkness, we can feel hopeless. We feel unloved and we can be full of confusion. You know, we can even take an inventory of how we're doing this morning. Which of those words describe you the most today? Are you feeling hope? Are you feeling loved? Do you have a confidence in, in your step do you, or do you feel hopeless? And you see, that's that contention that we have when it comes to sin is it begins to inhibit uh, what we feel in our walk with the Lord. But you know, the one good thing uh, that I love about one of the promises out of God's word about sin is this. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Isn't that wonderful? It's a great promise. So sin is one of those things that can hinder our light. The second thing that I want to point out here, it is that of shame. You see, the enemy always wants to try to bring up your past to keep you from your future. I want you to hear that again. The enemy loves to use shame to keep you living in the past when God says, I've got a future. I love what it says in, in the Old Testament. It says, don't call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past, but behold, I do something new. Will you not be aware of it? You see, one of the schemes of the enemy is to keep you looking in the past and keep you dealing uh, or feeling the shame of maybe other ch of choices you have made in the past. I mean, we all have a past. Amen. I mean, if you didn't say amen, you're lying. I mean, because we all have a past. Now, some of you may be more colorful than others, but we all have a past. We all have things that we are ashamed of. But, you know, you saw in the announcements when it talked about one of the tribes that we have here is called the Cultivate Tribe. You see, what that whole tribe is about is helping people overcome the shame of the past. You see, it, as long as you keep that in the dark, you'll never get over it. Because see, it's when shame gets brought to the light and it gets exposed that the true light in the life of God. So what cultivate is, it's a safe place. It's a safe place for you and I to come and to be vulnerable about some of the pains of the past, some of the bad choices that are in the past. It may be something that you have never told anybody in your life, but it's, that's what it's for. It's to help us to cultivate that. And like they said in the announcement, there's, we're starting a new semester here in a couple of weeks, and you can be a part of that if you like. We've had hundreds of people in our community go through that because we all have a past. Now, when we look at shame, the definition that we, I want to share with you this morning is this, that shame is a painful feeling of a humiliation or distress caused by a consciousness of wrong or foolish 
behavior. So that's what shame is. That's just a definition for it. So we all have to deal with it. So we're talking about what can hinder our life, sin and shame. I love what it says in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, because you see, Jesus came not only to come and to deal with our sin, but he came to deal with our shame. Verse 12 says, therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance in the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 5, verse 8 through 10. I love this verse here. It says, for you were formerly in darkness. That's what we all were. But now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the light. We're talking about being fruitful. For the fruit of the light consists of goodness, of righteousness, and of truth trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. You see, and I love that, that last part of that verse. We're trying to learn. We're constantly learning. It doesn't matter how young you are in walking in a relationship with Jesus or how old you are, we continue to grow and to learn in what it means. And so we're dealing with this shame. There's this statement that I've said throughout the years about when the enemy tries to bring shame in your life. You see, when the enemy tries to remind you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. You see, the results of sin have been judged. That's why we can come to Jesus and we can have forgiveness of sin. And we, by our choice, we are choosing not to live under that darkness, but to walk into light. But there will come a day when the enemy will be eternally judged. So when he tries to remind you of your past, you remind him of, your, of his future. Because he will be judged. You see, God desires for us to walk in the light. And the more that we walk in the light, the more bold we become in our walk with the light, with the Lord. In Romans 1, dealing with shame. He says this, Romans 1, verse 16 through 17. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You see, that's what happens when a person walks in the light. You're not ashamed. Shame has no, no grip on you. But I'm not, but see, the, the, the shame is not taken away because I do good things or because I'm trying really hard. The shame has been taken away. And so it's a, it's a positional truth that we have in Jesus is that shame doesn't have. But what, what makes a person bold is when they move from a positional truth to a possessional truth. In other words, I am not going to let the anger that ruled my life in the past rule my life anymore. I'm not going to allow the lustful thoughts and the lustful way that I used to live my life to, to rule my life anymore. But he says here, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek, which simply means it's not just for one group of people. It's for everybody. He's talking to the culture of that day and time. For in the righteousness of God, it is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by faith. So that's how our 
light is diminished, how it's covered up, like he says in the parable here, when it's put under a bushel or a container, it's through sin and through shame. So how do we increase in our illumination of the light that is within us? It talks about no one after lighting a lamp. They're not going to hide it. But listen, this is, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. You see, back in the days of Jesus, they would have had something similar to this. It was just a simple clay pot, if you will, very small. And the reason why it was small, it was actually made just to be carried in the palm of your hand. So when you went from room to room, you would be able to carry it. But it's simple. It's not fancy. It's made out of clay. And in that, there's a reservoir within it where you could put some oil. And that oil, there would be a wick that would be put in it. And the whole purpose of it is, is so that we could light it. So we're talking about how do we increase our illumination. You see, there's three things that are required for this to be a useful tool. One is the container, one is the oil that is in it, and one is the wick. So we are that container. The oil that is here, it really represents the person of the Holy Spirit. And when our wick, when our life is positionally, when it's postured to receive the oil that is within the container, it has the ability to burn. And so what would happen as my wick kind of goes out a little bit here, but that's okay. You get the point. What you would do is that you would walk from room to room. And when you walked into that room, you would elevate it. You would maybe put it on a stone wall on the side, or maybe as the scripture says, you would put it on a lampstand. And what it did, it would elevate the light to where it's 360 degrees of illumination could illuminate the room. So here's my point. When we make ourselves available as an earthen vessel, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we continually need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we leak and we use it, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's what Awaken Night is on Tuesday night. It's just a focused night of worship and prayer and some word just for you to get soaked really, really good in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and what happens is when we do that, when we provide a vessel for God to use, when we allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit, when we allow the wick of our life to be absorbed with the Spirit, is our lives can be lit. So it's so important that as we look at this and we see that God's desire is for us, is, is to be an example for him, he wants all of us to be lit. So turn to your neighbor right now and just say, hey, let's get lit. Now, for some of y'all, that means a lot of other things. Okay, but in the context, I don't want you to go and say that Mark told us at church today that we need to go get lit. I am, but it's being lit with the light of Jesus in your life, because that's really what it's all about. We want to encourage. And so if we will allow ourselves to elevate our walk in obedience to his word, to his scripture, the stories of Jesus, 
our light will make a difference. Second Corinthians four verses six through seven says this for God, who it is God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one whom is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. See, that's us. We're just simple. You see, you don't have to be a profound purpose person to be used of God. Matter of fact, the scripture is pretty clear about that, that he took a bunch of goof up, a bunch of mess up people, and he took them and he empowered them with his light and with his spirit, and they changed the world. It's, it's a simple, simple thing that he does. He says, but it's, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of his power of God is from him. It is not from us. So if we're to increase our light, we must be willing to deal with the things that hinder our walk. And I've said this a little bit in dealing with shame, but in Romans 8, verses 16 through 17, and 17 particularly, it says, listen, nothing's hidden before God. It will become evident, nor anything in secret. It will, not, it will become known. It will come to the light. So take care how you listen. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing out the parable on the foundations, and we talked about the difference between hearing and listening. Okay? And I, I use that illustration of our kids, you remember, and, and telling them, hey, would you put your dishes in the sink? And, and you tell them once, and they don't do anything. You tell them again, and they don't do it. And then the third time, you really kind of get elevated, and you really are trying to deal with the anger that you're feeling towards your child right now, and say, would you please put your dishes in the sink, and what do they usually say? I didn't hear you. Oh, they heard you. The problem was they weren't listening, and so he tells us, be careful how you listen, because see, my definition of listening is this. It is hearing with the intent to obey, so he says, if you do that, if you do that, you're going to grow in your life. You know, one of the things here at City Tribe, our passion is to really help people find purpose in their life. You know, our purpose statement as a community is this. It's on the wall. In case you ever forget it, all you got to do is look at these four core principles or pillars of what we feel like our purpose is as a community. We are an urban tribe that helps people feel far, that feel, who feel far from God to know Jesus, to cultivate freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. You see, that's why we're here. That was the whole reason why Jesus came, is that they would know him. They would know the love of their father. And so what happens when we cultivate our lives, when we get rid of all those things that hinder, we begin to discover our purpose. And that's really one of the biggest questions in life, I believe, is everybody's asking that question. Why am I here? And then ultimately, the older we get, we really ponder is, has my life really made a difference? That's really one of the ponderings of life. And I want my life to make a difference. And it can make a difference 
if we live the way that Jesus wants us to live, because every single person there has a purpose. So when we listen, we light up. So the last question I want us to look at is this. So what is God calling us to be or to do? First thing that we see here, John chapter one, verses six through eight, it says, we are called to be a testimony. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. Just, he was a man just like you and me. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him that he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. You see, we're called to be a a person to give testimony. To testify, literally in the Greek, it means this, to give, to not hold back a testimony, to utter honorable testimony, to give a good report, to implore. So we can be an influence on others by the testimony that we have from our life and from our words. The second thing that we see, we are called to represent Jesus to the world. First Peter 2, 9 says this, hear this, but you are a chosen race. I want you to hear that. God chose you to be on his team. It's not just a select few that are on stages, that are in classes, but God has chosen every single one of us. He's chosen us to be what? The scripture says to be a royal priesthood, to be a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. Do you realize that? He loves you. You are a valuable possession of his so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, he calls us to be a testimony, but then he calls us to say, hey, listen, I want you to represent me to the world. I want you to, in your everyday life, in your job, in your school, whatever you do, I want you to represent me because I can't be there, and, but I came to empower you to do that, and, and I give you the Holy Spirit, but I want you to represent me to a world that I want them to know who Jesus is. So we're called to represent him to the world. The third thing we see here, and I love this verse, we are called to show people the light by our actions. Matthew 5, verse 16, it says, let your light shine before men that they will see your good works and they will glorify God. I love that verse of scripture. Because see, it doesn't say, hear your good words. Though, I'm telling you, we're, we're supposed to be... Uh, to give a testimony, so I'm not saying not do that. But what I am saying is our life every day needs to be characteristic of a person that lives their life in a manner of the kingdom of light, that they see who God is working in our life through us by what we do, by being kind, by being truthful, 
by doing all the other things that are characteristics of life. The other day I was going to Sam's Club. I went to get some stuff out there and I was walking into Sam's Club and I see this lady, you know, probably about 55, maybe 60 years old. And she had one of them big carts. You know, if you have ever been to Sam, you know, those big shopping carts and dude, it was loaded down. I mean, she had uh, Cokes and she had dog food and not just the small, I mean the big dog food. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Sam's wants to promote buying in bulk so that uh, you won't use it all. But anyway, you have to go buy some more. But whatever it is. And so she had this big load of stuff and I was just walking in. I just felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, go help her. So I walk up to the lady and said, ma'am, uh, excuse me. I said, can I help you? I'd be more than happy to help you load your truck and she was very thankful to say, yes, that would be wonderful. And so I did. I just took a couple of minutes and just said, God bless you. And I said, Dios, let me diga. I said it in both languages because I didn't know if she spoke English or Spanish, whatever. And that's about all the Spanish that I know, Dios, let me diga. So it's a, it's a good three words. So anyway, and but I just wanted to show her and I wanted to attribute it to God. So God bless you. So our actions can denote the light of God. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they will see your good works and they'll glorify God. The fourth and the last thing here is that we are called to walk in fellowship with each other. First John 1 verses 5 through 7 says this. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, <clears throat> With him, and yet we walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. So we are called to light to walk in fellowship with each other. You see, that's why it's such a blessing. I mean, don't you feel better? When you get together with other people that are going after the same light, you feel encouraged. And it's because of that. There's a fellowship of light that is there that encourages you. In as much as if we fellowship with darkness, it can have influence on you, right? But he says here, one of the benefits of walking in the light is that you have fellowship with one another. So again, our big idea is this, is that it takes light to grow in fruitfulness. So let's recap here. What hinders our light from shining? Sin and shame. How do we increase the illumination of the light that is within us? By simply obeying the teachings of Jesus, his Holy Spirit inspired scripture, and thus we elevate our walk with him, our light. What is Jesus or what is God calling us to be? He's calling us to be a testimony, to represent Jesus on the earth, to display light through our actions and to have fellowship with one another. In closing, I want to read a course in a verse from a song that a good friend of mine wrote. His name is Kevin Prosh, and the song is Come to the Light. Just as I read these words, I love these words. Just look at your heart. Hear these words of encouragement, of admonishment. It reads like this. It says, come to the light. Come as you are. 
Don't hold back, but be a friend of God. Take off the mask and give up your pride. Aren't you tired of running your life? Get on track, get in line, really give it all to him this time. Let me tell you this, is that he paid a price. He died on a cross so that you could have life. So come to the light. Come as you are. You can be a friend of God. Humble yourselves. Give your heart. Give him your heart. And he will meet you where you are. Come to the light just as you are. Fall on the rock for the wasted years. He will restore all that is lost. Surrender now. His power is near. And that is the truth that I want to share with you. That Jesus said that I came, that I might give you life. But he also came that he could give you light. Because he is the light of the world. You know, you may be here in this auditorium this morning, or you may be listening online. And one of the things that's just so, it's a simple message of light and darkness. And you may have never really thought about, is there light in your life or do you just live in darkness? You see, any person here that has chosen to be a follower of Jesus, there came a conscious time when they became evident of their life, of darkness that they are in. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, we all are born into it. We Like we don't have to teach our children how to sin, do we? It kind of comes natural. We don't have to teach them how to be selfish or, or self-centered. It comes natural because that's who we are. But that was the reason why that God said, hey, listen, I love you so much. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in me, I will take them out of darkness and they can have eternal life. He gives this contrast between judgment and eternal life. And it's just a simple prayer. It's not the words that save you, but it's really a posture of the heart. But it says in Romans 10 verse 9 that if we will confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you can be saved. You can become a child of light. And I know many of you have already done that, but there may be some here that you haven't, or maybe online you're watching. And you can simply pray a prayer like this. I want everyone, if you would, just to bow your heads right now and I'm going to lead in this prayer, and then I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us as a community. But Father, if there's people here that want to receive Jesus, pray this with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I just confess to you that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. 
And Lord, I confess to you that I need you into my, in my life. And Father, today, I receive the gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. And so today, I receive the gift of salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Father, I thank you for those that simply prayed that prayer. That, Father, in that moment, as they said with their mouth and they believed in their heart, that they went from darkness and they went to light, that there was a light that came on within them. So, Father, I just bless them today. I declare your forgiveness over them because that's what you promised is what you would bring to them. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray as a community that Lord, as we have been called to this city, as we've been called to have whatever influence we have over the internet or whatever, Father, we thank you that we have a light to shine. Father, I pray that as a community, that, Lord, that you would increase our light as a testimony. Father, I pray that you would increase us in our representation in this world. I thank you, Lord, that today that you called us, uh, Lord, every one of us to represent you. So, Lord, I pray for that. And, Lord, just almost like a fresh commissioning, a sending out of my brothers and sisters, Father, would we be sent out? with a greater boldness that we represent the kingdom of light in our everyday life. Father, let us in our actions show who you are. And Father, as we walk with each other, Lord, would you increase the fellowship that we have one another? I love what your word says when you says that they were first known as Christians because of the love that they had for one another. Lord, May this be a place that people will come and they will sense your presence, sense your light, and sense your love. We speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, uh, if you're online, you can just put a comment, uh, you know, on the, the remarks there and say, hey, listen, I accept Jesus and we will we'll have someone that will respond to you. But if you're in this room and and maybe you've asked Jesus into your life for the first time, you can just go out to our prayer tents out there and you can just go up and say, hey, listen, I asked Jesus to come in my life and they would love to meet you and just to pray with you. But you know, what you saw in the announcements earlier was just a great testimony that as a tribe that we want to convey the love and the light of Jesus in everything we do. You saw the ministry of helping single mothers and different things. And there's a lot of, so much more stuff that goes on during the week that you, many of you don't even know about, not just Sunday. But we just want to thank you for your generosity, for your giving, because you see, that's what that does. That fuels, that fuels the ability to reach other people. And so we've tried to make it easy for people to give, and you can do it in a number of different ways. You can do it via mail. Uh, you can do it by text to tribe uh, or text the, by the instructions that are there. You can do it online. Or my favorite way is just to give at the kiosk. That, that's just real easy for me. And uh, you can just set that up. You can do it at both places 
in the back or as you go out the side door. So anyway, just want to thank you for coming. I hope that you have a wonderful, safe 4th of July. Emphasis on the word safe. Okay. And uh, may your bellies be full of good, really good barbecue. Okay. Bless you guys. We'll see you next week. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.